Hey, I'm Angie. And I'm Emily. Being a creative person in the corporate space can be really tough, and we should know. Join us to talk about how to be a right brain in a left-brained world. It's The Artist at Work. Hi, everyone. Today, in the interest of brevity, I'll just dive right in. We're going to be talking about time. We're going to be talking how we spend it, how we use it, how we protect it, and how we waste it, and how maybe the waste of time isn't actually as unproductive as we think it might be. So yeah, Angie, what are some of the ways that you now on your own have to make sure that you're managing your time? Ooh, you know what? There's a lot of little tips and tricks that I've instilled. Um, One thing I may have mentioned previously is Mondays and Fridays, I don't do any meetings. So no client work, no meetings on um, those days. So I can really focus on my larger projects and moving things along or getting myself set up for the week or closing out the week. Um, And in this case, we do, we record our podcast on Friday afternoon. So that carves out some time for me there as well. I've also become pretty good at establishing some routine. So a morning routine, a workday kind of startup routine, a workday finish routine, and then kind of an evening routine. And I feel like routines are allowing me to kind of get in the mindset of what kind of work I'm going to do or not do. And I've really been focused on that the last few weeks to try to like get my you know head back in the game. That's great. Um, I am not nearly as disciplined as you are or as organized, um, which kind of piggybacks nicely on our Enneagram discussion from last week. <laughs> um, <laughs> but yeah, I think that for me, the way that I, we've, we've spoken before about kind of blocking off that time and being a little bit more available for ourselves, because for, I work pretty hard to be as available to others as I possibly can when it comes to like my job, because I, there's, nowhere to go. There's nothing to do. It's not like I can say, no, I can't hop on a Zoom right now because I'm commuting or I'm at a cool restaurant or I'm in the air. Uh, I'm always here. And so my inclination is to just say, oh, sure. Yeah, I'll hop on a Zoom when uh, I could say no. And I could say, actually, I'm sort of in the middle of my designated work block for the day. Why don't we connect tomorrow morning at 11 o'clock once my brain is alive? So I think that, you know, in in unusual um, circumstances, the, it gets a little bit trickier to manage our time without those sort of like systems and rules in place. So I think that's that's really a good thing to have. Yeah. And one thing I've really liked because people do want to do meetings or coffee or whatever it is still virtually instead of the back and forth, when can you do it? When can we talk? Um, can you do this day? I have a Calendly link that syncs up with my calendar. So my time blocks are blocked on my Calendly. So it only shows times that I have said I'm willing to let others on my calendar. So for me, that's Tuesday through Thursday, generally in the afternoon. And that's such a great tool that didn't exist, you know, five, six, seven years ago when um, we were collaborating with external parties. Um, You know, obviously, if you share an organization with somebody, it's pretty easy to see their calendar, depending on which system you use. But when you start communicating with, to your point, you know, vendors or external parties, there's no way of knowing um, what they've blocked off and when without a cute little tool like that. So that's super helpful. Yeah. I've also started just in those emails to avoid those back and forths, 
just, you know, lay out when I'm free from the get rather yeah. than saying like, well, I mean, could you do like a Tuesday or like, what about my account? I just say, I can do, you know, Tuesday, 11, Thursday at two or Friday at 10 30. Yeah. I started doing that a couple of years ago Yeah, when, you know, I was working in office jobs and I was doing a lot of meetings. Uh-huh. You, you don't have time for the back and forth. So, oh. and actually people appreciate that because then they're like, oh yeah, I can do Tuesday at two. Let's just, that's it. Perfect. They do appreciate it. And it, it saves a different kind of time, right? You're saving all of this, like what you think to be like emotional pleasantries and back and forth. When in fact, like all, all most of us want to do is just arrive at a decision as painlessly as possible. Yeah. And so the hemming and hawing of like trying to, to out polite one another, I think is mitigated quite a bit by just giving a firm answer. Yeah. Removing friction in kind of any situation saves you time. Uh-huh. I know that you've you mentioned tools and sort of like systems that you have implemented this year. One of them that you had previously spoken about that, sign, that seems to have been kind of um, instrumental in all of this is that James Clear book, that habit guy. Do you find that he has sort of his, the, some of those tips have sort of saved you time? Um, definitely. I, th- I think more than time, I feel like they've reframed how I've looked at things. So just the idea of a tiny action every day can move something forward quicker than one big leap yeah. Um, because it's not as overwhelming. You're making sure. little strides towards something. So I think it probably has saved me time because I make more progress than maybe I would have. I was saying earlier before we started recording here is I got everything on my to-do list done this week. When is the last time you can say that? I, I don't know. And I think it's because I'm making realistic goals. I'm putting down things on my list that are one to two hour projects or smaller. And if there's multiple hour projects within a project, I break them into different tasks. Mm -hmm. So I'm being realistic with myself about what can be accomplished. So when at the end of the day, I don't have a laundry list of things I didn't get to, and then I feel bad about myself. Yeah. And again, that's my achiever personality from last week's episode that I always need to be doing more and more and be productive. I'm not going to outsmart that personality type, Mm -hmm. but I think I can build appropriate lists and expectations for myself so that I don't feel overwhelmed. That's good. Do you set boundaries with yourself as far as like, you know, when your work day ends, do you then devote like, okay, I'm not going to sit in front of my computer for two hours. Or do you find that there's just so much to do and that you don't necessarily hate doing it, that you're just like working all through the night? This is a tricky one. I'm working on this. I know um, that's why I, I asked it. <laughs> I'm working on having like a, a shutdown routine, end of work shutdown. I know that I irritate my partner, that I am not done working when I say I will be, or I always sure. want 20 more minutes, or when are we going to make dinner? So I am definitely know that that's a, kind of an issue. I need a stopping point. Um, and I've gotten, specifically this week, we've gotten better at it. I've stuck to my guns, but there are times when there's one more thing I have to do. So after dinner, I just go back to my computer, get that thing done, close it, turn it off, whatever it is and move on. But you know, half the things I can do from my phone too. So there's that. Yeah. I think it's a double-edged sword there because I do enjoy this. Um, and there's always something to be doing, which is a little bit of the problem. Fair. Have you seen the, again, very timely 2002 Hugh Grant movie about a boy? Yes. Okay. I have. Okay. I'm going to do some deep digging here. Um, it is one of my, I would say maybe a top 25 for me. Um, really? 
Yeah, I really, and I think I saw it when I was in college. It was um, over the summer. I was living downtown Chicago with a really good friend of mine and we saw it in the theater. And I think I just, I associate a lot of like really good memories um, with it. Anyway, (laughs) Hugh Grant's character talks in that movie about how he chooses to fill his time with um, units and everything is based on like a, like, you know, a 30 minute unit of time. And the shit that this guy has to do is like, um, get his hair carefully disheveled at a high-end salon and take a bath and play pool. Um, but that, for some reason, little scene of that movie and like talking about what takes, you know, two units versus three units versus one unit. I, I think about it, I would say once a week. Wow. Well, it's not a bad way to think about things. No, that's the thing. It was kind either. of like a life hack before everybody was talking about life hacks. I love yeah. units. Yeah, that make I mean that really that kind of resonates with how I'm thinking about my calendar and time blocking myself. Yeah. Interesting. Just a good old about a boy reference. <laughs> what everybody needs. <laughs> Pardon the interruption. It's Angie. I just wanted to take a minute of your time and tell you about this really fun and useful tool I've created for free over on Check Plus Coaching. If you've been skipped over for promotion, or want to make more money, or just want to stand out from your peers, this freebie is for you. It's packed with actionable advice you can set in motion today. I cover topics like ways to be actively involved in your career development, how to manage expectations so you can control your time more effectively, developing your self-awareness through active listening, and getting really good at goal setting. These are things I cover with my coaching clients all the time, but I wanted to put together a quick overview so more people could benefit from this info. You can download my free guide, The Check Plus Path to Promotion at checkpluscoaching.com slash free dash guide. That's checkpluscoaching.com slash free dash guide. If you missed it, don't worry, we'll link in the show notes. Now back to the episode. Something also related to time that I wanted to talk about was the idea that what wasting time looks like, especially as creatives. The perceived waste of time isn't really as wasteful as I think a lot of people crack it up to be, because I think that we need, it it takes as long as it takes to do some of this stuff, right? And for me, I have learned to be a little gentler about what goes into my creative process. And that might be watching the first 15 minutes of Grease 2. That could be what I needed to kind of unstick myself creatively. Oh, so I that st- movie. It's so good. <laughs> it's so good. I watched that this week too. Oh my. Um, it's, you know, creatives need to maybe just kind of sit in the park and stare at a leaf sometimes to get inspiration from unexpected places. And you know, the sort of like uber capitalist way of thinking about that is like a waste of time really rubs me the wrong way. Well, and to kind of flip that on its head, things take as long as they take, but they also take as long as you give them. Correct. So if you have two hours to get something done, you'll get it done in two hours. If you have five hours to get it done, you're going to get it done in five hours, right? Things fill the space you give them. So if the creative process needs to marinate a little longer, then, you know, it does and you'll give it more time. But if you have a tight deadline, you're going to find a creative spark and get the project done probably just as well if you have less time. I think that's completely true. And throughout my life, I have built a four-decade life on squeaking in 
right at the deadline. I am a, I'm a procrastinator to the core, but find that like my brain doesn't really activate until I am a little bit, you know, at the 11th hour. And then that's when my really good ideas come. That's when I can actually truly focus is when I do feel that kind of heat to um, have to finish something, which is not something that I recommend or the best way to work, but I do not know another way. Well, that's interesting. So you know that about yourself. So do you just work that way? I, if, if you tell me that I would think, well, fine, if I have to do this thing and I, it'll probably take me a day. I'm just going to wait till the last day to do it. Cause then I'll, I'll do it done. Yeah. Do you of course. operate that way? Okay. Um, no, so you know I that think about, about it. Well, no, I spend a lot of time say, say it's, you know, you're telling me that this is what I have to do by Friday and it's Monday morning. I will spend a lot of time thinking about it. I will spend a lot of time having anxiety about it. I will spend a lot of time having very bad half-baked ideas about it, but the real work, even as my work sort of changes and has changed over the years, the real best work tends to happen for me on that last, like, you know, two hour stretch of the week. Man. And that is no way to live. If you ask me, I like to have (laughs) things done days in advance prepped. I can go back to them, look at them again. But I mean, it, that's just work style. Yeah. Uh-huh. So funny. And there's nothing inherently wrong with either one of those. As long as you're upholding your ends of any bargains that you're, that you're, you know, a part of, then get it done when you want to get it done. And sometimes again, like using your time, it, it is your time for the most part, even in, you know, corporate gigs. So use it wisely and know that it is your decision um, as much as it can be. Yeah. And just because it's a promise to yourself or something that you told yourself you would do and you're, no one else is holding you accountable. I think it's just important to keep your promises and your dates and your appointments with yourself as it is with anyone else in your social calendar or work calendar. You are setting a precedent with yourself that you take what you put on your calendar or your workout routine or whatever you said you would do for yourself seriously and you value yourself enough to put it ahead or at least put it in pen on your calendar, then you should at least show up for yourself. That's such a good point. That is, I am most terrible at that. I will always put everybody else's sort of like demands of my time um, slightly ahead of my own. And then my sort of personal projects and pet projects and things that I've had on my list for days, weeks, if not months, get routinely shoved to the bottom of the pile. Um, And I do end up then saying yes to, can you zoom in five minutes? Because I want to make sure that I'm never making anybody mad, um, which is just my own personal failing. (laughs) Um, But I think that, you know, honoring those sort of dates with myself are as important because I I block off time so I can do work for other people. You know, I'm not blocking off time. I would say, you know, this weekly meeting aside, as far as like work stuff, I don't really get to do that a lot for myself and, you know, give myself a little bit of creative breathing room and time to think and plan. And again, whether that is like watching a Jerry Blank video or just kind of like reading or feeling some way to, to get motivated, I, I'm not great at that. Yeah. And I'll say in times of stress and overwhelm, that's when I lose my my good habits, essentially. Sure. My consistent sleeping, my working out, my eating right, any of that falls off the wagon entirely because I'm stressed and I I get just shook by it all. So it's, I'm trying to stop myself when I start to feel those, (laughs) feel those feelings coming on before they take over. And something I talk about a lot, but today I was reminded of it is, you know, a feeling's a thought, 
and a thought isn't always true. So you need to just take it for what it is, flip the script, and decide what you're going to think. Just because you have a thought doesn't mean it's true. That's I, 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 It's not computing for me. <laughs> no, I think that's such a good point. And I think that that kind of stuff is such a cycle because like, you know, to your point, when you're not sleeping well or eating well or giving time for yourself, then like that's a foundation on which nothing good can be built. And I have found myself in that same boat many times over the past year, just because this is what's going on in the world. But, you know, I don't ever emerge from a doom scrolling session, feeling refreshed and energized <laughs> to create things. Um, yeah. I, I want to be more mindful of, of my, especially my leisure time, you know, work is work, but how can I sort of fill my creative tank and be like a healthy, productive person in my regular life? Um, and that is, you know, stepping away from screens, giving myself time to, you know, read or exercise or take a nap. That's fine. Take a nap. I was literally taking a nap when we got on this call to record this podcast today and was very like discombobulated and bleary eyed for about the first 10 minutes. So napping you is sna- cool. You snapped out of it. I do. Something that I have been notoriously bad about is kind of maintaining like regular calendars and schedules for my own self. You talked not too long ago about your planner being like the absolute most important thing and like what got you through days. So once again, I have embarked on, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to be a planner person this year. So last week when we were talking, not on the microphone, you recommended to me um, like a big goal sort of like setting book. It hasn't arrived yet. I, 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 I ordered it as we were talking and I'm nervous about it, but I am weirdly hopeful that maybe this is something that could help me at least for the time being, be a little bit um, better manager of my own time. Yeah. For the listeners out there, it's called the Full Focus Planner, and it's based on the book Free to Focus. We need to start getting it on affiliate links, man. Right? I just (laughs) checked. It's by Michael Hyatt. I've um, talked about it before. And if you're on my newsletter, you probably already heard this from me. But this planner, it's not cheap. They're quarterly planner, so it's only three months, but it is a big old girl. Um, They have daily spreads, weekly reviews, Uh, quarterly goals. I spent some time with it this week and last week, and I'm really, really loving it. And I'm remembering why I loved my Franklin Covey planner so much. (laughs) It's satisfying to put things down on paper, see them in multiple places, and cross things off. It, It simply is. And I've always been that type of person, but the last 10 years, we'll call it, it's been more notebooks about work stuff, not mm-hmm. really personal, and then notes on my phone. But um, everything's kind of colliding now. I'm looking at my desk and I have um, five notebooks open with different oh. things on them, but <laughs> they all have their different purpose, right? So yeah, I I am excited to be a 2021 planner person. I'm going to try for as long as I possibly can child handwriting and all, but I think I'd really like to try it. You're the only one who needs to read it. That's fair. I'm the only one who's going to be able to. Um, (laughs) That brings up an an interesting point though, just in terms of the way, the ways in which we treat our work hours versus our personal hours and how much we tend to prioritize the work hours, you know, like all these work notebooks where I'm like taking all these notes really seriously and knowing that I have to deliver on these. But in the meanwhile, like my, you know, my health is, is in shambles because I'm not like getting a a good night's sleep or I'm not eating breakfast. And that's, you know, just as important are those again, hours that are, that only belong to us and that we're not selling to somebody else. Yeah. And 
this planner encourages all of that. Nice. So it tells you, you know, personal goals, um, professional goals, whatever. There's like 10 different goal types. So you can really, I have a movement goal and then I have a bunch of work things, but then you can really just make it whatever you want it to be. Mm -hmm. Obviously yours, you can spend it however you want, but I kind of did half and half, half work stuff, half personal stuff. And then there's a way to track every day. So it's kind of like a habit journal too. Nice. Okay. Well, I will, I will keep everybody posted of my slow, but steady progress as I really commit to this in the new year. So I hope that kind of gave you guys some ideas of, you know, how you could better spend your time or maybe make you stop and think about how you're spending your time. I know I want to be much more intentional and set up even stronger boundaries with myself, especially around work, but yeah. And then really embracing the idea of rest. I agree. And I will also tell you that, um, as we've been having this conversation the entire time, I've had the bangles singing Hazy Shade of Winter in my head, where Ooh. the opening is just time, time, time. <laughs> time, time, time. Yeah. So that's just on loop in my head. And I hope maybe it will be in yours, um, everyone, as we maybe recommit to managing our hours a little bit more effectively and in a vein of self-care and self-preservation. All right. We'll catch you next time. Bye. Thanks for listening to The Artist at Work. You can find us wherever you get your podcasts. We're on Instagram and Twitter under the handle at artist at work pod. And our website is theartist-atwork.com. We'll see you next time.